Welcome to Estimates, the official, unofficial, official, unofficial, official, unofficial U.S. podcast of the U.S. Census. We bring you the numbers behind the numbers, the back of the napkin methodology you can only get from the professionals. I'm your host and close to a numerator, Joseph Hawthorne. Uh, Mavi Hawthorne, uh, Census Office Daycare Enthusiast. I'm Hamilton Hawthorne, uh, functional functionary assistant at the census. Uh, and I am Rob Tedge Hawthorne, uh, equestrian in charge. And you can tell we're all in good hands, or you're in good hands, being at the U.S. Census. Speaking of which, thanks everyone for being here. Uh, this reminds me a lot of the conference call I was on this past week. Does anyone want to know more about it? Yep. <laughs> All right. I think we could skip it. <laughs> That's a big relief because I didn't ask if you want to know ahead of time. This past week, I had my uh, capstone training course, which was a 50-person conference mm. call to mm. go over proper enumerating procedure. The host started off the call by saying that these calls, some of these calls have been going two or three hours, but he wasn't going to let that happen. Can you guess how long that call went? Five four hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> yep, four hours. Hey, hey I you got our first estimate. <laughs> Thank you. There were throughout the call, people were just like going, hey, "Ding, can you hear me? Hi, hi!" Like tons of people would just be, you know, saying hi throughout the call. Um, they and the guy kept asking people to mute themselves, and one woman like muted herself for a little while and then unmuted, and he was like. He knew this woman's name, and he said, Moy, please put yourself on mute. And she goes, I, I put myself on mute before, but then when I did, no one could hear me. And <laughs> kept talking throughout. Um, we were talking about COVID and how it was like a whole different you know, procedure to be in. She's like, yeah, when I go outside with my equipment, I look like an alien. Um, so we, you know... As a, my, my basic point here is that the census is in good hands um, <laughs> next next year or next decade. <laughs> next decade, they said they're going to try and get um, technology to mute people, guests on a call, but that hasn't uh, arrived yet. Um, so. Were they using Zoom? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was literally, we all had a phone, co a code to call into. So it was oh like a con God. it was oh, a little right. conference yeah, call. Yeah. <laughs> With fifty people. Uh, I've I've had those conference calls before and it's not that difficult. Like people, if you just mute yourself, it's not that difficult. I've been on conference calls like that with like hundreds of people, and it's been totally fine. But 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 you know. Being with uh, 50 census workers is literally the least employable people in America. It's uh, if you ever been to a focus group, it's it's like that, but on steroids. <laughs> it's students and the unemployable. Um, I'm, I'm glad together. you're joining the ranks, Joey. <laughs> joining? You're really all here am. with us. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real good call. Anyway, some more information that we've had coming in from the census during that call uh, is as follows. If anyone remembers, well, actually, I'll ask you, you all. Do you remember the last questions that we had? Nope, not even a little. Oh, <laughs> was it GameStop again? 
No, it was not. <laughs> Jonah already answered that GameStop question. He did a very good job. Right, yeah, he, he did, did do a very good job. <laughs> was it the OnlyFans <laughs> thing? Uh, well, that was a while ago. Oh. I, I didn't do a very good job. Oh, go ahead. There, uh, how many monarchies are there in the world? Yes. Okay, all right. That was your oh, question. That was my question. That's why I remember Easily it. researchable. I wish we had <laughs> done that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. Oh, look at that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm testing you all. Oh. <laughs> so, um, how many royal families are there in 2020? I guess as of, you know, let's say August of 2020. Um, and so, basically, if you all want to remember, we guessed uh, um, Mavi said 60, Hamilton or I said 80. If that's kind of up for debate. And then Jonah tried to price his right us with one. <laughs> 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 and you know something? <laughs> there are about uh, 26 royal families. Jonah, so Jonah actually <laughs> is the closest. Yeah, he's the closest no matter what rules. Um, yeah, and so what's interesting about this is there's about 26, um, including – you guys want to try and guess any of them? Uh, t- the UK? The 26 monarchies? Yeah, who Luxembourg, wants to take a stab? Mm-hmm. Norway? Yep. The UK. Uh, yep. Which includes uh, Canada, Australia, and... Yeah, that's all yes. one, right? One, one row. Does that count as one, or does that count as multiple? Well, it's the family, so it's one royal family. Got it. Okay, awesome. Morocco. So, Morocco's on there. Yeah, you, you could have uh, done this, you done this yourself. United Arab Emirates. Uh-huh. Great job. Ethiopia? No, 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 no way. Come on. <laughs> Are you kidding Saudi me? Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Uh, yeah, of yeah, course. Saudi Arabia, yeah. Ab- you could say absolutely. Mm. So, um, oh, didn't Spain know, like reinstitute uh, the monarchy? It did. Yeah, Spain reinstituted. Wow, I didn't know that. That's insane. So, so yeah, we we have some of the um, the well known ones. We also have Monaco. Mm. We have Denmark and the Netherlands. Hi, um, you the Denmark, yeah. Liechtenstein, Belgium. Excuse me. Well, they're two different countries. Liechtenstein and Belgium are two uh, different countries. What did you call me, Joey? <laughs> um, so technically, Pope Francis is the king of Vatican City, oh. the monarch of Vatican City. Yeah. Um, so that one's a little bit debatable, but it's you know it's still in the twenties either way. Um, we mentioned Norway. So Andorra is also interesting because technically, uh, Emmanuel Macron, president of France, is the co-prince of Andorra. What? So um, huh. you can Stupid. you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> they, they get That's to elect crazy each year. They prince? don't. Well, no. Um, the, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, okay, kind of a prince is elected every however election cycle. Yeah. No. Wait. He, is he is he like by himself a prince or is he He's co-prince with an archbishop in the Catholic Church. Yeah, but did he happen to be prince before he became the prime no, minister? No, 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 oh, okay. no, no. Damn it. <laughs> that would be insane. I was like I was like we just happened to vote in a a prime, a prince into office as well. Imagine if like Queen Elizabeth ran for president in the US. She's like, yeah, I already have leadership experience in Canada, your neighbor. <laughs> exactly. Um so so some other other notable ones, Jordan. You guys want to come out um, as monarchists since since this podcast has to be? Hey, I like how, how you you said 
<laughs> you say we come out like we're just hiding it. We're already monarchists. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, someone needs to be a strong voice for, for the generation. Yeah, there are a lot of communists uh, coming out of the woodwork right now. Um, the, Wait, a hundred percent there are. There's a lot of people. Communist or monarchist? No, no. There's we're, a lot of communists coming out. Well, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, we'd be, we'd be a good, we'd be a good, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, flip of the coin for them. Oh, we'd be good counter-revolutionaries. Right there, you go. Well, well one could say devil's advocate. Um, well, you know, we, we, you have nowhere else to turn um, to see a good example other than Thailand and um, Lesotho, Cambodia, uh, Oman, Kuwait, Qatar. Bahrain, Swaziland, Bhutan, um, Brunei, Tonga, and Monaco. So those are those round out the royal families. I thought we should, um, you know, w- w- when we launch our monarchist coup starting from the bean counters department, we're really going to um, get ahead of the curve here. Now, before I move on, does anyone remember any of the other? There's two other main questions that we asked over the past couple of weeks. All right. Well, the. <laughs> <laughs> the question that Jonah asked, which you're all going to remember once I say it, is how much cream cheese was consumed by new by Manhattan oh, pigeons <laughs> right. <laughs> on August 8th, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys forgot that one. <laughs> I blocked it out. I'll repeat it again. How, how much cream cheese was consumed by pigeons in Manhattan on August 8th, 2020? Oh boy, I still want to know. I want to know the answer so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll remind you. Um, so <laughs> our answers that we gave, or actually, okay, here's what. Here, here, before I give you your answers, because you, then you get argumentative with me, is I'm going to tell you the, the evidence <laughs> that I've gotten so far. Okay. Okay. Now it's highly debated, but um, I mean, based on like different government track, I should say government estimates. Government estimates, uh, nonprofits, uh, animal humane society um, counts. There's anywhere from a million to seven million pigeons in New York City. Um, you know, somewhere around a medium, let's say four million. So people think that it's about one pigeon for every two people in New York City. Okay. Now, they they're supposed to be spread relatively evenly around New York, but that keeps in mind that Manhattan is uh, densely populated not only with people and therefore food, but also subways that pigeons can live in and tall buildings where they can nest in. So I'm going to say that there's about a million pigeons in Manhattan, which is a bit more than their, um, well, it's definitely more than their like normal land mass, but also probably a bit more than their population or anything like that. About a fourth of the pigeons in New York are from Manhattan. So that's one million pigeons. And I also found that birds will eat certain types of cheese, like a hard cheddar or American cheese, um, but they will not and they should not eat soft cheeses like cream cheese or cottage cheese. Mm. So oh. we know how, we still, all know how diet conscious those pigeons could be. So <laughs> yeah, but but cheddar is a good healthy cheese. Um, and so uh, keeping that in mind, that basically backs up what we were saying before that Pigeons are not going to purposely find a, a, a jar of cream cheese and, you know, dive in. They're only going to eat off like a bagel. It's going to be small amounts per pigeon. Now, interestingly, I also found um, that, you know, the, the cream cheese industry has not collapsed as some people have predicted it would during COVID times, but actually has increased from uh, compares, week to week compared to 2019. 
Now, many people are staying at home and not going into work in Manhattan. So I'm not quite sure how the bagel industry is doing at this point. That was a important um, uh, number that I'm not that I don't have this time. But the average uh, pigeon or similar dove. I went to pigeontalk.biz, uh, the <laughs> pigeon uh, forum for discussing all things rock dove and, and pigeon related. So, uh, it seems to be a consensus that pigeons eat a maximum of about 20 to 40 grams of food per day. Now, it also keeps in mind that a, that a lot of these uh, pigeon fanatics are feeding them, their birds, you know, uh, healthy seeds and grains. So it may well be less. But, you know, I was thinking well, about it could this. could be more if uh, a pigeon that's eating, you know, food that's less nutrient-rich, nutrient-dense for them might end up eating more food rather than less, right? That's a good point. Um, now, a lot of feral pigeons, um, and that's basically what we're talking about here, are in the, the mode of, um, you know, basically eating as much as they can because they don't know when their next meal would be. And, you know, in fact, I, I'm estimating around this um, average for um, what conscious or conscientious um, pigeon owners are feeding their birds because with the lack of office workers and um, their garbage, the pigeons may for many days have, have to survive off much less than what would be a suitable amount of food. So I think that it's probably safe to hover around this like 30 grams per day. Okay. Okay. So how many, how much cream cheese do they eat? So, okay, fine. You asked the tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so okay all right well you're gonna complain when you're, you're gonna complain when jack was on or when jonah was on boy and it's me giving you real data you're uh you're falling asleep okay anyway so um my my assumption here and this is the thing that you know i, I think i might get a pushback on but i'm gonna say it i think less than one percent of an average pigeon's uh new york meal is cream cheese based. You're just doing an estimate. That's just an <laughs> estimate. You haven't brought us That's anything. It. I brought you all sorts of things. What, okay, what do you think then? You can the bagel <laughs> information. It's not about what he thinks. It's about what is true, okay. Joey. That's why there's equation, no longer though. estimates. We're missing, okay, we're missing one part. And that, that's a critical part of the bagel <laughs> industry. Is the part but, being how much a typical, how much cream cheese a typical pigeon eats? Well, yeah, but that wasn't the question. The question was how much is eaten total? And I've gotten you the whole formula. I just haven't gotten you the unknown bagel coefficient. You're saying right. 30 grams a day. Um, okay, I, I, Hamilton, I've done this, the, I've done this math, and <laughs> I'm going to tell you what my formula comes out to be, and if you find a different coefficient, right, then so be it. I but was, I, I was just saying, we could all apply our own coefficient here, and based on your math, we could have a more accurate range of estimates. But yes. yeah, well, what, what's your smart coefficients then, people? <laughs> why don't Why don't you, you tell even us know what your question. equation is, Joey? Why don't you tell us what your equation is all first? Right. All and right, then we'll right, we'll I, plug in coefficients. I'm getting sweaty here. So um <laughs> so right. Um we have twenty to forty grams um per pigeon, but I'm saying that it's less than one percent. So, you know, that's point one or point two grams um per pigeon. If you multiply that by a million pigeons in Manhattan, then that is about two hundred and twenty pounds of 
you know, mushed up, uh, melted, whatever, liquid cream cheese. That's 220 pounds of weight. Um, and I also found that your numbers, so <laughs> Mavi was a ton. Mm -hmm. That's a tenth of a ton. Um, <laughs> the other measurements that I got were four kilos from Tej, uh, 300, sorry, 3,000 milliliters from me. <laughs> Hamilton was 100 liters. And Jonah was 12 ounces. <laughs> this is so all, if you, all completely different <laughs> systems of measurement. So if you convert those, then look here, the only reasonable one among you is Hamilton, who had said that it was, whatever, 100 liters? That's about 226 pounds of liquid cheese. Wow. Versus nine <laughs> pounds for Tej and seven pounds for me. Very right. simple, very clear stuff. I but, think that uh, I'm in my case. All right. I accept your answer, but only because I know the strength of your intuition, not because I respect your process. <laughs> <laughs> my, my process is fine. I just couldn't find that last coefficient. <laughs> just how much of each pigeon's daily meal is cream cheese. <laughs> It's a very difficult thing to find out. We, we need to ask like a street vet, which I guess is like more like a, uh, you know, someone Ooh. who collects like, oh, my God. No, the halal part guys are the street vets. We can just capture some pigeons and perform some tests. Yeah. Well, I guess your answer is probably as good as mine because I was going to say, you know, Mike Tyson is a big pigeon aficionado, but that's probably... <laughs> We shouldn't be endorsing either Mike Tyson or uh, pigeon testing. So should we not be endorsing? I mean, it's barely pigeon testing. You're just providing them foods. You know, writing it down. Seems you know, based on the forms from Pigeon Talk, I really don't think we should be giving pigeons uh, cream cheese. <laughs> How about they Mike were some Tyson? Real angry. Yeah, ba well, <laughs> half the posts are from Mike Tyson. Uh, <laughs> where do you think I got my information? Um, let's move on to some questions. Okay, so so Tej, uh, you know, you had some listener mail the other day. You want to tell us about it? Yeah, I, I had a friend um, ask me a, a very important question uh, from France, all the way from France. Uh, this question comes to us about the state of the U.S. Um, and she wants to know two things. This is a two-parter. Um, one, how many people in the U.S. Uh, last year used skin whitening creams and two how many people in the u.s used spray tans or tanning machines or tanning beds or whatever in the last year now this is our classic question right now are children people <laughs> <laughs> i've come out before strongly on the side of no <laughs> uh that would eat into that statistic quite a bit, excluding. Yeah, I think minors. I think I think I'm gonna say anyone no, above thirteen is a person. They're, they're here they count. Thirteen and above are are people. What? Okay, why not just include everyone? Why why are we discriminating? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how many you know parents are tanning their babies. <laughs> so don't count them then. I like, want a bronze you know, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, okay wait, yeah. So, so we, can it, use, we can use all kids. Okay, so this is a two-part question. <laughs> how many how many people in the U.S., citizens, non-citizens, whatever, yep. um, have 
used a face whitener. Can it a, a cream or anything that that whitens your face? Like, um, I don't know. Could it be like a chalk? Could you like draw a white face? Does that count? No, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking some sort of cream, like a like a skin whitening cream, or um, I guess I guess some sort of chalk. If it's meant to be like a permanent thing, or like meant to lighten your complexion then i would accept it but uh, i think it's just people that are that are doing that as a um uh a practice not as a temporary like going white face for like a costume or something and then taking it off skin lighting creams as far as i understand they're very common a lot of makeup products include lightening components um, I would I would guess that the large majority of anyone who has of people who have serious makeup or skincare routines includes a lightening element. Well, I, I, by this, do you mean like the products that are centered around like racial, like oh I look too black or oh I look too white or? Well, I, I don't think I, anyone's marketing off of that. But I think India, I think there definitely are definitely are. people marketing off of that. First of all, um, uh, so so two things I want to say. One, um, uh, in terms of makeup uh, creams and things that have uh, whitening products, I don't think those necessarily count fully because I think you're thinking of um, makeup foundation. that has yeah right foundation and things like that 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 make your skin lighter or make your uh, skin more of a palette that you can put other colors on top of that will stand out. And I don't think that is skin whitening. That is a foundation for makeup. And that's a different um, uh, purpose for that. No, but it's, it's not, it doesn't make your skin whiter. That is more of a mask. No, so, that is more of a mask that you're putting on like a white face type thing. than it is a, some like, a cream that is making your skin whiter. There are products that are trying to like permanently whiten or lighten your skin because people they're like you know in part fact, of a, a narrative where you're told that you you aren't as pretty if you have darker skin. Yeah, I um, like that. I, I know that this is a thing. My my familiarity, but this was some articles I read about it being popular in India, um, and that's about it. But I mean that it is sold on like with like racial undertones or racial overtones even. That that is true. So perhaps we can um for get a listener's here. benefit, Tish is just gone. <laughs> he left in the middle of that exchange. He's no longer here. Sorry. Sorry. So um, I was stalling right now. So, and um, yeah. you know, I have a question from did, did our listener give any more information? Like did they say at the beginning, um, you know, France has three million face whiteners. Um I was wondering if the U.S. had four million. Do we have any more data to go off of this? So um, France uh, has has typically a lot uh, more people with lighter complexions. Uh, so that this isn't as much of a issue in France. Um, but when when I was talking to our, a listener about this, um, they we were also referencing uh, India because India does have a lot of. Uh, you know, whitening creams and things like that, like Hamilton was saying. In fact, um, I would also say that there are a lot of people in the U.S. 
um, with Indian backgrounds or or something like that that also have skin whitening creams in their house. Um, for example, in my bathroom right now, uh, I haven't used this in a very long time, but in my bathroom, I have a uh, Pons, which is a very famous company, obviously Pons, very popular company, um, white beauty tan removal scrub. Uh, and that is a very common product and, and very common like type of marketing for a lot of Indian creams. I think this was bought, um, from an Indian store in the U S like a, you know, um, an Indian grocery store, uh, type place. But, um, there, there are a lot of other, uh, creams and things like that out here in the U S in uh, cultural stores and also not in cultural stores that are very um, blatantly advertising, uh, you know, tan removal or dark skin removal. So the second part of your question, I guess, are, should we answer that first? How many people are getting tans and then genuinely trying to remove their tans? Is that what you were hinting at before? Or is it just like trying to change the, the color of your skin? I think it's trying to change the color of your skin, but I, I, I think... Our listener wanted to know the difference between um, how many people are doing tans and things like that and how many people are going lighter versus darker is is really the question. All right, let's start digging into this because um, I think we've been asking a lot of questions here and, uh, you know, let's get some hard numbers. So I feel like, is there a place... I don't know, like, it, would you say that New York City is a more popular place for, like, using whiteners? Um, I don't really know why that would be, but, like, it, there's some kind of difference in um, in households or, or difference in, like, I guess demographic groups. I feel like it's maybe a younger population. Well, I'll, I'll say this. As, as someone that has used um, whitening creams before, um, I, I, I'll say that you're not going to have anyone that has white skin try to get whitening creams, right? So you're, you're the, the, the right. base population that you're starting with is people of color. Um, for at least for the first question, what that 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 um, white people wouldn't want whitening creams, think, skin whitening skin creams. Lightning, I think skin lightening regimes are extremely popular among you know among yeah among white people as well no it's not skin lightening or skin whitening it's the what's popular among i mean everyone is is like facial cleansing and stuff like that and those the, those don't necessarily all have whitening aspects to it um Wait, i think i'm saying think, that people yeah. want lighter skin even white people are after lighter skin I think I would I would argue that more white people are um, interested in uh, tanning and and, uh, you know, either either uh, like the tanning beds or tan sprays um, than there are white people that want skin whitening creams. I think it's both both uh, questions have a base population that is the opposite skin color. Um wanting to be more like they are not you know it's it's it is active like changing of your skin color i hear you but i really do feel like 
like the such a large part of skincare and makeup is organized around lightening, whitening, brightening in all respects. I I understand what you're saying, and I well I I think I, again I I, I would want to say that most makeup and skincare and things like that they aren't promoting changing your skin chemically like this is doing they are they are uh propagating like foundations where you can put other things on top of it but that is more of a costume or something like that than it is a changing of your skin that you know tanning beds or skin whitener whitening creams will chemically change your you know try to whiten your skin um it's not like that but most makeup and i guarantee you this most makeup and 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 uh face care products are the opposite most makeup and face care products in other countries um that aren't predominantly white for example india or korea or uh any most asian countries will have predominantly um their makeup and their you know uh facial care products would include some chemicals like that but not in not think, in predominantly white countries i do think there's a distinction between things that are are applied to make your skin lighter temporarily and things that act, that advertise themselves as chemically changing your skin color like i think that that is if i understand it correctly maybe maybe i'm wrong that is the nature of the question although that does for spray tans that does sort of it's a weird yeah, middle I, ground there i do understand uh the the reluctant uh, the the point on spray tans there um and i think you hit the core of the question which is the difference between those two um and i think in that sense, I don't think spray tans should count. I think it would be uh, chemically like changing the color of your skin using, um, you know, either like uh, tanning beds or just like, you know, tanning uh, in general. But it wouldn't be like spray tans. Spray tans. Um, I, I've, actually, spray tans are also not temporary, correct? I, I thought are spray tans like chemically changing your skin color? I'm not sure. I mean, I mean none of these things are. Off. None of these things are chemically changing your your skin color except tanning beds. Like I'm pretty sure those are all those are all no. bullshit products. No, these creams these creams have chemicals in them to try to get get your skin lighter. I well, mean, to, I, to make them appear lighter. No, no, no. They, the they're chemically trying to change your skin color to make it lighter. I think they're sold that way, but I'm pretty sure that my, my understand. I, I don't have much research into this. Is that they're all bullshit products? They're like, oh, I'm very exci- I have an exciting development. Yes. With um with with time running out, I have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one fifth of the United States used tan beds and similar uh I guess you call them chemical or, or more lasting products in twenty nineteen. And one fifth of United States residents. Wow. Use whitening cream or similar Incredible. products. Seventy million and seventy million, and there is some overlap, but I won't give you that this time. <laughs> now, everyone, please put in your answers. Just some overlap. Just some, not yeah, not a hundred percent, not the same seventy. I would say seventy million. I agree with your seventy million for tanning beds. I maybe would go higher and go to thirty percent, so uh, uh, hundred and five million. But I'd lower it to thirty-five million for whitening. Wow. Wait, 
Oh, I see. So you're you're taking a, that one chunk and moving it over. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna Bobby. say I'm gonna say that a full half of the country has used a skin whitening, lightening, brightening cream, moisturizer, soap, whatever. Something that says on it for you know brighter, clearer skin, something like that. Um, a full half for certain. A half might be understating it by a lot. Our time is up, but I will continue That's talking. Um, as for uh, spray tan, it's going to be a pretty small number overall. I mean, like 10%, 5%, something like that. And that's Estimates. Thanks for listening in. Remember to subscribe, rate, review. If you leave a review with a question, we will read it on the air, just like other listener mail. Commercial time here. Whoa, wow, my, my deck is so, has so many holes in it. I need, I need a, I need a better deck and cleaner holes. What do I do? Well, I'll tell you what you do. You put, you put some sealant on that deck and then you, you no longer have no more holes. And, or also you don't have, uh, water damage. Well, this is a thank you, the kindly southern gentleman. Or you're welcome. That's estimates, apparently. Estimates.